Hi everybody, I'm Kelly Harrell and you're listening to What in the Weird, in which I talk about runes, animism, modern mysticism, soul healing, and how all of that intersects on my path. The weekly rune is in everyone's hot little hands by this point, and if it's not in yours, you can subscribe at my website, soulintentarts.com. Thank you so much. The paid version is available through patreon.com. You can just search for the weekly rune there and you'll find it. And if you don't know what the weekly rune is, it is definitely worth checking out. It's a rune cast that I've written for about six years and it's unique from other rune casts or weekly outlook columns in that it covers the half month rune, what it means, what it brings, how to apply that insight to everyday life, and how to bring that seasonal awareness more deeply into your spiritual studies. If you have no idea what I'm talking about, but want to learn more, listen to some of the early podcast episodes, and just check out the weekly rune. It's all explained there, and if you're really curious and want to take this all deeper, My new book is coming out September 11th. It's called Runic Book of Days. It's available for pre-order everywhere. I think Barnes & Noble, definitely Amazon. And it's all about coming into personal relationship with the runes in seasonal progression through half-month devotionals that culminate with Sabbath initiations. That's a mouthful, but I'm really excited about it all, if you can't tell. This week, we verge into Ansus, which is a really big deal. I know I say that all the runic progressions are a big deal because they are. It's all about the narrative for me, and I really enjoy talking about that with you in season. I love that we're doing this exploration, not only of the Elder Futhark in its traditional order, but along with the half-month seasonal progression. So Ansus is relegated to meaning mouth, which we then veer from into meaning speech. I talk about this a little bit in the week, in the recent weekly rune, but um, maybe the Old Norse wouldn't have cared that that's a little bit of an ableist viewpoint, the emphasis on speaking as not everybody can speak. Yet, there is this aspect of Ansus that delves deeper into that And that nuance is breath. And we're going to talk about what that means and how it's expressed in this episode. So, Ansu's is also associated with Odin, or the breath of Odin. Hence, the origins of mouth, then speak. What's meant by breath is animation. The ability to, through well-alignment of personal power, with collective intent to manifest. So what? What the hell? The ability to take your intentions, the the alignment of your personal power, with the awareness of how it can benefit the collective, those things combined to manifest. Right? Those are the perfect keys of manifestation, right? It's another rune in which we're given a glimpse into our own power as gods or as viewing ourselves as aspects of the divine. Let's backtrack just a second. In the first et, we move through 
Human Success Inform Lesson Plan 1 in Fehu, which is provide for yourself and tend those provisions. It's symbolized by an ordinary cow, very basic, very relatable. You want to eat, so work for it on all levels. That's essentially the message of Fehu. We progress from that to Arur's, the sacred cow, Arax, Adumla, who created herself from the joining of fire and ice in the void Genunga Gap. She is the first giant, or Jotnar, that we're introduced to in the Elder Futhark. That's huge. That's big, big business. She is our wild self, that which cannot be tamed. Next, with Thurisaz, we stay with the Jotnar force of the unconscious electricity and Thor. And if you're not really sure where I'm going with that, dig back a couple of episodes to have that fully explained. I swear it really does make sense. So through Thorisaz, we experience the discomfort of change. With Ansu's, we're moved on to the Izir, specifically Odin, a newer manifestation of a god in the Old Norse pantheon. He is subsequent. Everybody kind of comes to this conclusion that Odin is the... Um, the key god, and, and he was for the time frame that we know about, that we have literature about. But we also know that he came down a chain of gods and beings. So were the Jotnar the old gods? Were they the natural forces from which the old gods were derived? You tell me. I've got my own theories, but I'd love to hear what you think about it. So Odin is the Grand Poobah. Yes, I'm a child of the 70s. He's the Grand Poobah of the runes. In my understanding, he made them available to human consciousness. We know the story of Odin hung upside down on the world tree, pierced by his side pierced by his own sword. Um, and in those nine days of sacrifice, self-sacrifice no less, the, the runes were presented to him in a way that was digestible or in a way that he could give them to humans and make sense of them. That process isn't situated into the runes as far as we know. There's no overt indication of that process in the Eddas. But we do have Ansu's, which is associated with Odin, who packaged the runes in a way that they were useful keys to human awareness. They were an alphabet, which mystical force that tells us how we can be better at humaning. Odin and his brothers, or other aspects of self, as you will, Vili and Ve, created humanity from trees called Ask and Amla. There's a lot of discrepancy around what those names mean. Nonetheless, he breathed into them to give them not just life, but a spark of his own life force. The question Ansu's asks is, what are you doing with that life force? Okay, so Odin breathed into some trees and they somehow were humans. This whole mythology crept down that we make that association. What are you doing with it? You have the breath of a God in you, the life force, the divinity, how do you move forward? What are you creating? 
The gift that Odin gave was that of spell song, or if you're so inclined, soothsaying, or truth speaking. People think of soothsaying as telling the future, and maybe it was way back in your. Our options are more along the lines of understanding what we really want, and through some form of expression, speaking, drawing, creating it into being. We express our own life force into the world to become its own divinity. We speak our truth. When you look at Ansu's that way, yes, it's about speaking, but it's really about the process that leads up to expression of our life force, which is why I say the emphasis does not have to be on actual speaking. The emphasis is on that process that leads up to it. And on what comes out of our mouths, what comes out of our fingertips when we draw, when we write, when we express ourselves. Is it what we really mean? Are we naming it what it really is? Does it matter what we name it? Does it want to be birthed through us? Yep, that's the animistic piece, right? It isn't so much about what is birthed. Or all the other variables that factor into our creative process. You know, the ones that can totally screw it up. Hashtag whole other room. Rather, it's how attentive we are to that creative, intellectual, interconnective process. So that at the point of execution, it's what we say we want. That's it for this episode. If you have questions or insights about Ansu's or soothsaying, feel free to email me at kelly at solentonarts.com or call in through the Anchor app, which is what I use to record the podcast. You can download it for Android or iPhone. Also, on Anchor, you can check out earlier episodes. You can also download them from Google Play or iTunes and all the other platforms where podcasts hang out. And if you get a chance, check out Everyday Animism, which I co-host with a couple of other lovely ladies. It's also recorded on Anchor, and we talk about everyday aspects of life as they relate to animism. You can learn more about me and my work by visiting solentonarts.com, or most likely find me on the fly at Instagram, kelly at soularts. I'm Kelly. And this has been What in the Weird.